Good morning, everybody. Eleanor here, joining you with church this morning. I'm actually in a secret location. It's not really a secret. I'm just trying to make my life more exciting. Um, but I'm just not live with you this morning. But I'm still happy to be joining you this morning. I think I've said this morning a million times this morning. Anyway, this morning, we are going to be uh, delving back into collateral. This is collateral. This is collateral damage that's happening. Colossians. 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 Anyway, we're going to be looking at a verse in Colossians. I'm just going to read it before I jumble all my words anymore. So we're looking at Colossians 3, verse 13. I'm reading from a youth Bible. Um, so we're going to start at 12 and go to... 14, so that we don't just walk out of nowhere. So, God has chosen you and made you his holy people. He loves you. So always do these things. Show mercy to others. Be kind, humble, gentle, and patient. And then verse 13, get along with each other and forgive each other. If someone does wrong to you, forgive that person because the Lord forgave you. Now, I think when we are listening to people share from the front of church or on podcasts or anything else that we're taking in, I really want to encourage you to be engaging um, your own freedom of thought and to always engage your own intellect, to engage your own experiences, to engage your own emotions um, with everything that is always said so that you can discern what is truth and what is right and what is helpful for you um, and helpful for the church as a whole. So please use that filter always when I speak and when other people speak. Um, yes, freedom of thought, very important. So this morning, as way of leading us into looking at forgiveness, I want to share a poem with you. And this is a poem that I wrote oh, quite a long time ago now. Uh, I was working with the Bernardo's Trust. I was doing some literacy workshops for um, young people who were in a vulnerable or homeless situation, young people who were just out of prison or um, yeah, really struggling. And we kind of ran these workshops and it was just a fun space to play with words, to try and use words um, and there was one character in the group who always came in with their hood up. And I, I don't, don't think I ever saw this person without a hood up um, from their hoodie. And I could just sense that that was a safe space for them. That was a safe place behind this hood. And a few kind of days in, this person said to me, right, so if you're a poet, what exactly does that mean? Like, what do you even do? Uh, what do you write about? Like, what, what is it all about? And so I said, well, basically, you know, you can write about anything, anything in the world you could write about. And they said, okay, well, if you're a writer, if you're a poet, then I want you to write a poem about my hoodie. So this is hoods. Kim learned not to care for care or dare to foster dreams. There was a rhythm to her life. Mum was a black, blue, beaten wife. Her sister took her own life. And dad was all she had, but alcohol had all of dad. 
so don't assume she cares for care or ever could and she wears her lack of care for care under her hoodie hood. But you'll find we all hide under hoods of different kinds and no matter what hood we're under, we feel misunderstood. And Sue is a widow, but you wouldn't know because she preheats her smile for it not to show. And she needs her need to be kneaded into cookie dough she bakes for neighbourhood luncheons, community functions, all occasions, baking all butter scones and scones with raisins. But since her partner passed, she's masked the half heartbeat of widowhood. She wears her need to be needed under her cookerhood. But you'll find we all hide under hoods of different kinds. And no matter what hood we're under, we feel misunderstood. Dave parks his soft top convertible outside the spa, but he's never made it as a sports star, hasn't owned a classy bar. He's not rocked out on a stage guitar. You see his business plans never got very far. And now he's feeling trapped in an office job in a charcoal suit, taking ready meals for one out of his fancy car boot. But somewhere he wears his sense of failing under his convertible car hood. You'll find we all hide under hoods of different kinds and no matter what hood we're under, we feel misunderstood. Katie is a mother of four, you see. So now she dreams in lunchables of day relief, holidays where kids go free, and she knows every line from Toy Story 3. She's perfected balancing four kids on two knees. But she wears her help somewhere I've lost me under the busyness of motherhood. But you'll find we all hide under hoods of different kinds. And no matter what hood we're under, we feel misunderstood. Now there's the likelihood if you were to Google hood that the list would include your hood, or so it should. Maybe it was a trauma in your childhood, or a feud that tore a sisterhood. Maybe it was heartbreak in your girlhood, or a bromance of a brotherhood. Maybe you were named infertile by motherhood, or feel a failure in your fatherhood. Perhaps you've buried yourself in servanthood, or trying to fit in with the neighborhood, but maybe in your adulthood, you haven't experienced a spinsterhood or dedicated to the priesthood, but at the very least, you should have a hood as every person has a personhood. So whether we're on happy meals or meals on wheels, there's no need for me to remind that you'll find we all hide under hoods of different kinds. And no matter what hood we're under, we feel misunderstood you'll find we all hide under hoods of different kinds. So this morning, that's your invitation. As we begin to look at how we start forgiveness, is I want to invite you out from underneath whatever hood you're living in. And for some of us, that might be victimhood because we have been 
oppressed and we have been in this, this cage of being um, a victim for a long time. And I want us to step forward from that, to be authentic and self-aware about what things we hide behind or how we cope. Um, but to step forward and say, this is me, authentically me, and I want to engage with the process of forgiveness. And as forgiveness is such a huge, complex thing, I wrote down a list of, um, this is my list of, it says, how do you, at the top, <clears throat> how do you forgive a child? How do you forgive uh, yourself as a child for something that happened? How do you forgive God? Um, not that, you know, for perceived or for things that you had hoped for or prayed for that didn't happen. How do you ask for forgiveness from someone who's passed away? Um, how do you forgive someone who's continuing in this pattern of behaviour? You know, the list goes on. There's endless scenarios. Um, how do you forgive someone who is um, struggling mentally? Um, how do you forgive a system or a politician? How do you, um, yeah, there's endless, there's endless scenarios of issues that we might have in our lives where we might need to forgive or we might need to ask for forgiveness or we might need to work on forgiving ourselves. And because there's so many complexities and when you look at scripture and how Jesus ministers through forgiveness, it's a very tailored thing. It's very specific and it's very compassionate and it's, um, yeah, it's, I just want us to understand or to get across that I, I'm not saying this morning that there's a one size fits all, that there's not do X, do Y and, you know, you'll miraculously feel the freedom that comes from forgiveness. Um, and I, and this is what it's coming back to this morning is about taking time and being intentional and spending time with the Holy Spirit, asking for his strategy and for his pathway with forgiveness. Now this morning, I don't have Paul with me. I think last time I was with you, I had the Apostle Paul present with me. I know, amazing. Um, I don't have Paul. I'm afraid, I think he ended up in the recycling, which is not a nice way to go when you're an Apostle. Um, and now I've lost my other companion. Ah, oh, here he is. So this is some of you will know this. There'll be some parents twitching at the very sight of this guy. This is Rubble. He is a member of the Paw Patrol, which really is a group of dogs with different specialisms who generally save the day, usually involving a mare and a chicken. I know. So it's one of those things we'll never understand, but kids love it. So this is Rubble. And Rubble has spent the last, I want to say, five, six weeks at the bottom of our stairs. So where the last step meets the hallway, he has been lying in that crevice for weeks. And I have seen him every time I've gone up and down the stairs, and I thought to myself, probably should move him. I have swept around him, I have hoovered around him, I have mocked around him, but yet I have not moved him. Why, you might ask? That's a very good question. I do not know why I have not moved him. I think it felt like one toy too many just to put back. 
Um, I maybe hoped that somebody else, one of the kids might pick him up again and take an interest and he would get moved himself. But he has remained there. And I think sometimes unforgiveness inside us is a bit like a rubble that he, we can live satisfactorily around him. We've got used to living around it. It's not permeating every aspect of our lives. And so we just kind of carry on knowing it's just a little thing that's there that probably should get dealt with. So some of us will be able to identify those rubbles of unforgiveness going on. And when I'm talking about unforgiveness, I'm really grouping together just forgiveness that hasn't happened. So either forgiving someone else or asking for forgiveness or um, forgiving yourself. Um, and then some of us on the you know harder end of the spectrum have, this is meant to be a cloud. It's actually, I'm realizing as I'm seeing it on the screen, it looks more like a bush, but let's use our imaginations. This is the cloud and it's like you have this really you know deep, heavy cloud and it's oppressive, it's upon you, the forgiveness, the unforgiveness that's happening or that hasn't happened within you is permeates every aspect of your life. It permeates how you feel about yourself. It permeates your childhood. It permeates the way you think about the future. It permeates how you relate to other people. It permeates your mood. It permeates everything. It's just so huge and so all encompassing. It's potentially years of trauma. Um, so I appreciate that there's kind of this happening, there's this happening, there's everything in between, there's these happening at multiple occasions for some of us. And so I really want us to look and think about this morning, how we might begin to start on a pathway of forgiveness, no matter what's going on and how big or how all encompassing this is. When I was thinking about forgiveness in my life, this is just, I'm going to use a more rubble end of the spectrum um, thing, but it was helping me to distill starting points for us. And um, yeah, a number of years ago, I was living in Northern Ireland and I was working as a youth worker and I was given a support worker for the role, which was, you know, in theory, brilliant because there was a huge workload. The number of young people we had, I needed an extra person. Um, on paper, it was going to look good. Then when it actually happened, um, it's not very nice to use this phrase, but it became the bane of my life. This person became the bane of my life because in my professional opinion, they weren't, they should never have been placed in that role. They didn't have the character or the experience or the skills or the, um, yeah, the ability to be put in that position. Uh, but that's where we were at. And anyway, as it, you know, as it transpired, this person ended up causing me so much more work, trying to undo some of the things that had been said or done on his behalf, um, safeguarding. It was just a bit of a nightmare. It was just overwhelming and it was too much, you know, to deal with. And I remember saying to the woman I lived with, I said, I just don't even know what to do anymore. It's just like I'm so anxious and dreading going to work. It's just, you know, turning the job into a nightmare. And I remember her saying to me, well, have you sat down with God and asked for a root cause of this or, or what, you know, why you're feeling so much like this and asked the Holy Spirit for a strategy in how to move forward? So I went away and did that and 
what I felt pinpointed was that it was actually an issue of unforgiveness, that I was storing up every little thing that this person was doing um, because it was making my life so difficult. I was storing that up and really holding that against them. Um, and I was allowing it to impact, you know, my day to day, everything. So I felt it was unforgiveness that was there. And so I asked the Holy Spirit, okay, any strategy on how to move forward? I personally didn't feel that it was going to be helpful for me to go to that person and say, you've done this, 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 this. I mean, they already knew they were kind of doing those things, but, and I need to, I'm choosing to forgive you. Like it didn't felt that conversation was actually going to help the situation. So I had said, you know, Holy Spirit, what is a strategy moving forward here? And one thing that came to my mind was to pray for this person every day. So I said that to my uh, lady that I lived with, and I said, look, I want to pray for this person every day. Or I'm choosing to pray for the person every day. Can you keep me accountable to that? And so every morning, two minutes, while I was having my breakfast, I would pray for this person. And I tell you what, the first few days, week, I was definitely like, oh, God, please, just, I don't want him to do this anymore. Please, can he just stop doing that? And um, help me to communicate properly with him. And then maybe two weeks in, I was like, Lord, I pray that you would show me his, the gift that you've given him. I pray that he would feel encouraged, uh, that he would have opportunities to grow. And then by like a month in, I was like, Lord, bring your spirit upon him. Heal him from anything with it. Like I was just like, it was just transformative. And had the situation changed at all? No. Had the workflow changed? No. Had my attitude changed completely? completely I was now going to work feeling positive about being in the same place as him positive feeling positive about looking for opportunities that I could encourage him and still in him I was I asked the Holy Spirit for insight in maybe his childhood and so I could have extra compassion and um yeah really help unravel maybe stuff that was going on it really transformed it to the point where I would call that a process of forgiveness I then when things did happen or thing, you know, something occurred, I was able to let it go really quickly. And I was able just to have a conversation with him straight away of uh, with a positive slant on things and with an, a place of encouragement and of help. And after he, he was just there for a year long project. And after that year, I can honestly say that we had I wouldn't hesitate to work with him again, which is crazy when you think about how it, how it began. And I would call that a work of forgiveness in my life. Um, it really was a pathway towards peace, restoration, freedom, um, and unity. And that's what forgiveness is, is that path. And for me, that was the strategy in that particular scenario with that particular person to walk that forgiveness was praying for them every single day. Now, have I applied that to other areas in my life where I felt I needed to forgive or ask for forgiveness? No, not, not specifically. I have stuck to the model of sitting down with God, saying, here I am, Lord. I want to engage with forgiveness. It's big. It's overwhelming. I don't know how. Please, can you show me a divine strategy for this scenario? And I've gone with whatever approach I felt appropriate at the time. And I want to encourage us to not be afraid to ask for divine strategy from the Holy Spirit. Because as we know that, you know, 
forgiveness is um, is something that humans do everywhere, every culture. There's aspects of forgiveness, there's process of forgiveness, there's people gravitating towards the freedom that comes from forgiveness. And I believe that with the Holy Spirit, we have that a deeper, a deep sense of knowing strategy, divine strategy of knowing that we are in tune with a God who loves to forgive. Forgiveness is a part of his very essence. And if we can partner with that strategically and practically, that we can really make huge steps forward in forgiveness in our lives. And I think forgiveness is also bigger than just us as individuals and individual situations. Forgiveness is a spiritual weapon against the schemes of the enemy. Forgiveness is a powerful tool in freedom. And if we are using that and engaging with it and choosing intentionally to take the time to seek strategy in forgiveness, we are pushing the kingdom forward and we are putting into the spiritual atmosphere um, the, the things of God. And so I really encourage you, whether it's something that you know is there or you might not even know is within you, that you would sit down with God. Time, intentionality, knowing that you are loved. And that you, even and with you in, in this situation, and this is really hanging over you as the huge, huge thing, that you would take, again, the time with God to sit down and say, this is huge. I don't know where to start. Please give me step one in how to go about this. And I'd also encourage you, if this is too overwhelming to even sit down with, that you would just pick one conversation, one moment of behaviour, one occasion, and bring that before God and say, I want to engage with forgiveness. Please show me what is the right strategy for me just now to do that. And there will be areas, I'm sure, in our lives that we don't, we wouldn't cognitively, consciously call an area of unforgiveness. And I think that, let's say, you know, for argument's sake, I don't want to de debate how long the world's been in existence, but thousands of years, um, the enemy has been essentially able to study human psychology for thousands of years. He has probably 500 PhDs worth on human psychology. And so he knows how to keep us in these cages and how to whisper things or how to lie and, and how to manipulate us um, to keep unforgiveness there. He knows how toxic it can be. He knows how much of an oppression it can be in our lives. And so that's why I implore you to engage with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit can spot those things a mile off. He has had infinitely more time knowing us and knowing our psychologies and he knows the schemes of the enemy better than we do and he can sniff those things out a mile off and he can say hang on you know that emotion that you're feeling or that situation that's actually unforgiveness let's step on the pathway to moving forward from that and it might be something that you've never even known was a root of unforgiveness and so i really encourage you as god's people who are loved and let's go back to the scripture it says, God has chosen you, made you his holy people. He loves you. So do these things. 
and then get along with each other and forgive each other. And so from that foundation of being loved by God, that is a safe and protected space to come to him with areas of unforgiveness and to ask for that strategy. Remembering that Jesus was the strategy, the all-encompassing strategy for all our sin and we're forgiven seated. There was a divine first step engaging with those spirit, a divine first step, Jesus being present as a man on earth. And so don't be afraid to ask the Holy Spirit for that practical divine um, strategy in moving forward in forgiveness. Just gonna um, go back to rubble. Any last words, rubble? No, not Paw Patrols on a roll. That's not helpful. That's not helpful, not in this context. Um, I don't know if we'll get much sense out of him, but remember, I implore you this morning. I was going to say I encourage you, but implore is just such a good word and it's just so deep. So I implore you, sit down with God. Say, I am here. I want to engage with forgiveness. Please show me any areas that you would like me to move forward in and give me the divine strategy for that. And I'd also like to say this morning for anybody who is feeling overwhelmed um, with a situation or you know anything that is, is overwhelming and you want someone to support you in forgiveness, then please get in touch with your home, your life group leaders, with the church leaders, with myself, if you have trusted friends, a counsellor, you know, allow people to support you on the journey whether it's you needing to forgive someone else or asking for forgiveness, they're both big things and difficult to do. And so I encourage you, if, if, it's, if, you, if you feel too overwhelmed to sit down and do it alone, then please get in touch with someone because we want to support you and we want to be the body of Christ, sending the powerful weapon of forgiveness into everybody's lives. So be blessed, be a blessing, love you lots.